Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. All right, let's, let's definitely pray. King Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for what you have been doing, what you are doing and what you're about to do in us, through us, with us. Thank you that you are at work. Even when we can't see it, we don't know it, we don't feel it. We don't feel like it. Thank you that you are always at work to see your kingdom come and your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, get out your Bibles or open up your Bible app if that's what you prefer. Open up to uh, Galatians. Going to be uh, in a few different places this morning. Galatians, Ephesians, and end up in Luke. Um, but nice and easy that we're in the last chapter of Galatians and then we'll head into the first couple of chapters in Ephesians. We're continuing a series talking about living the wild life, looking at the fruit of the Spirit that we have, um, which is promised to us in Galatians 5. just want to recap verse 22 in chapter 5 of Galatians. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, which is what we're talking about today, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against these things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So today, as I said, we're talking about peace. Uh, And last week Simon talked about uh, joy and kind of talked about the leading from happiness to joy and the distinctions between the two uh, from happiness to joy. And with peace, often we can think about it's actually this feeling or an emotion, I can feel peace, I have peace, I feel peaceful. More than, more than a feeling, more than an emotion, peace is a person. Let me show you, Ephesians 2, it's on the next page in your Bible, or, the, or the, uh, on the same page or the next page. Ephesians 2, verse uh, 14, for he himself is our peace who has made the two one, Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus and talking about um, the Gentiles and the Jews now becoming one in Christ Jesus, who's made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. Uh, Verse 17, he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near, for through him we both have access to the Father by the Spirit. So more than anything else, Christ is peace. Christ is our peace. And when we have a true relationship with Jesus Christ, when we are welcomed in as a son and daughter in the kingdom, we actually receive Christ and he becomes our peace. I'd go so far as to say that if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't truly know peace. You might have the absence of turmoil in your life, you might have the absence of anger or frustration, but you don't have peace peace. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have peace. Now, for some people, that's a real kind of radical concept. A lot of people can be like, I feel peaceful, I feel fine, there's nothing wrong in my life, I'm, I'm going well, I'm at peace with everybody. There might be the absence of those sad, bad, mad feelings that get you frustrated at people, but without Jesus, you don't have peace. 
And as Christians, we're actually called to have peace in the midst of that toil and that turmoil and those things that trouble us. You can be in the hardest of places in your life. It could be a, a horrible day at work. It can be a horrible day at home. It just might be, you might be feeling like your life is meaningless. But in Christ Jesus, He's actually the one that we find our, our peace. And so that's a promise that we have from Him and through Him for Him to be our peace. I also want to make the distinctions in, in, in talking about the fruit of the Spirit overall, not just peace, but all the fruit of the Spirit, um, in that that's actually a work that the Spirit, that Holy Spirit does within us to bear that fruit. Fruit isn't an instantaneous thing. I mean, if you think that fruit just appears at the shop, I mean, we're in a farming community, so most of you would have a handle on this anyway. But if you talk about where food comes from to city folk, they're like, from the shop? Where does meat come from? From the butcher? And before that? Don't know. It's just there. No, no, no. There's actually a process, as most of you, if not all of you, would know, that there's a process that comes for there to be fruit or any food at the shops, correct? Well done. It's good to see that you're still with me and know where food comes from, because that would be awkward. But fruit isn't an instant thing, is it? You don't plant an apple tree and then the next day there's an apple. But the apple is within the tree. It just hasn't fully revealed itself yet. It's the same with the fruit of the Spirit, that the Spirit is planted within us at our baptism, when we are baptised in the Spirit as believers and followers of Jesus Christ and we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He falls upon us, He dwells within us and that fruit isn't always instantaneous, is it? Do we always feel like love? Do we always feel like joy? Do we always feel like peace? Do we always feel like we're actually radiating, is the word I'm looking for, peace or faithfulness or kindness? Mm, no. It's actually a work that the Holy Spirit does within us to see this fruit revealed. Fruit actually comes from a work being done in us and through us. I like the, um, I can never remember which one, I think it's uh, Evan Almighty. Have you seen Evan Almighty, the dude that's got to build an ark? And, and Morgan Freeman play. why does Morgan Freeman always play God? I don't know. I think it's the voice, yeah, and James L. Jones wasn't available, but anyway. But it, uh, my favourite scene in that movie is when um, Evan's wife, um, she's kind of left him because he appears to be a little bit nuts, and she, she's taking the kids and she's eating at some diner and she's having some fries, and God is the waiter, I love that in itself, and he serves her the fries and he's talking to her about you know, growing patience, and she wants some more patience. And, and he says, do you think that when we ask God for patience, that he gives us patience? Or that he gives us opportunities to grow in patience? I'm like, oh, I hate it when Hollywood's right. But it, it's true, isn't it? Like, if we want more of God in our life and more of his fruit, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, he doesn't just go, Shazam! Here is more peace, here is more joy, here is more patience. He actually creates, creates, gives us opportunities, leads us into opportunities where these things can actually grow within us. Because if we're given it in a moment, do we appreciate it the same way as if it actually grows within us? And all the goodness of God is actually a, a work in our lives. 
God in our lives is a labour of love. Jesus endured, endured the cross, the work of the cross and the death and the resurrection for the joy set before him. We are his joy as the sons and daughters of God. It's a work that's actually done within us to bear this fruit. And so we're given opportunities for this fruit to grow in us. Nobody likes the opportunities. Maybe you do. I don't like the opportunities. I'm like, oh, this is a really troubling time right now. But man, I am growing in peace. Man, my kids are just driving me nuts. But oh, I'm learning so much patience and joy in the midst of this. That was an inopportune time to laugh, Pete. The look on my face. Okay, I'll try and fix the look on my face. Do we actually enjoy the opportunities that we have when God is at work in our lives for this fruit to grow? Or do we actually look back later on with the wonderful gift of hindsight and go, oh, that season, that season when I thought it was an absolute failure and nothing was working out and my relationship with my wife felt like it was horrible and the kids weren't responding to any of the instruction and the discipline that I was trying to give them. Oh, but that season back then, I'm so thankful for that season because of the fruit that um, is now being born in my life. In the middle of that season, it was actually a choice to celebrate and to praise and worship God. That's why God's constant invitation is for us to praise and worship Him, because when we fix our eyes on Him, we begin to see our life and everything that's happening in our life from His perspective, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything in between. When Jesus was baptised, when John baptised Jesus in the river, and He came up out of the river, where did Jesus go? Into the wilderness. Who led Him into the, spirit, into the wilderness? I gave away the answer. The Spirit. Not the devil. The Spirit led Him into the wilderness. And 40 days, He was in there fasting, waiting, praying. And at the end of the 40 days, not during the 40 days, at the end of the 40 days, when Jesus at his human weakest, the devil shows up and leads him through three temptations. And it was the work in that wilderness that Jesus actually conquers the enemy. And here's, here's the other thing with moments of trial and tribulation. Sometimes we think, oh, why is God doing this to me? Why, why am I suffering like this? Have you ever thought that sometimes we're led in a situation not because God is trying to do something to us, but so that God can, through us, conquer the enemy? That was actually better than you thought. Sometimes we're in this, in this battle, in this war. Jesus didn't go into the wilderness because God, the Father, wanted to teach him a lesson. Jesus went into the wilderness because he went to conquer the enemy. And sometimes we're in these really difficult seasons in our lives and we've all been through them. And my, I'm not even guessing, some people here today are in the middle of one of these battles and we're like, why am I here? God, what are you doing to me? And God's like, I am with you through all of this. I am using you to conquer the enemy. And sometimes we've just got to shift our perspective and get God's eyes on it. And when we start to see it, this is why praise and worship is so important. And we shift our perspective and we see things the way that God wants us to see them. There are plenty of opportunities to be tested and increase our peace. I'll come back to peace. We had a very traumatic event in the uh, state of Victoria yesterday. 
Any West Coast Eagles supporters here this morning? What is wrong with you people? Sorry. Well done. Four premierships. Well done. Um, I tested my piece and uh, went and watched the football with my brother. For those that don't know, our beloved leader is an avid Collingwood supporter. Uh, and it was, um, it was uh, interesting. I said at the end of it, this is, this is beautiful material for what I'm preaching on tomorrow. There was, um, there was a lot of enthusiasm shown towards the television. We, we bordered on weeping and gnashing of teeth at the end of it. I don't even barrack for Collingwood. I barrack for the Saints, so what do I care? But I was there. I was like all of it, well, most of Victoria. Obviously, some of you have chosen to be traitors. Most of Victoria were barracking for the Victorian team. And they let us down. And then, do you remember Simon's uh, illustration last week and he was talking about dinner time with, the, with his daughters? I got to experience that as well. <laughs> Just to give you some context, at the moment, okay, so Simon is on holidays, Linda's on holidays, Lockie's on holidays. Not only am I in charge, but there is nobody to tell what to do at the moment. <laughs> and then, added to this, is really beautiful. At the moment, my family is away in Adelaide. So, at work, I have peace and quiet. At home, I have peace and quiet. It's delightful. <laughs> but just to turn it up a notch, I went and watched the football with my brother. And then I had dinner with the family. Every word that Simon spoke about dinner time with his girls is 100% true. It's nuts. It is like they, they don't stop. So much that they don't stop, even if there's food in their mouth. <laughs> I commented to, commented to one of my beloved nieces. I said, You talk when there's food in your mouth. Stop talking when your mouth is empty. Put more food in and then keep talking. There was no silence in that house yesterday. But even in the midst of the toil and, and the trouble of Collingwood losing, we could still have peace. I had peace. I'll pray for my brother a bit more because I'm not really sure. But it's actually a choice that we make and it, we have these opportunities in the midst of the craziness. And look, I, I miss my family. I miss my colleagues because it is, it is almost too quiet. Don't feel that you have to create noise for me. I'm fine. I'm enjoying it, but I know that it's short-lived. Because there's a difference between peace and quiet. Do you know, you can have quiet but not have peace. And I would say, for me personally, it's actually taken me a long time to have peace in the quietness and to actually be home alone and to have peace about it. Does that make sense? Like, it's actually been a work that God has had to do in me through the years to actually have peace by myself. Because for a long time, I didn't like being by myself. Like, I wanted people around me, I wanted noise, I'd have the TV on. I didn't need the TV last night. I needed to kind of unwind and just kind of let go of the day's proceedings. But does that make sense? That it's actually a work that God has done in me to actually have peace 
even in the quiet. I know that sounds kind of weird after I've talked about having peace in the midst of noise and business and busyness, but some of us actually struggle to find peace in the quiet. And especially in today's day and age when it's so easy to have noise all the time. It's actually a choice to have peace and quiet. And it's a choice that we need to make to stay healthy and whole, um, just as people and as children of God. Do you know who else I think carries peace really well? Is midwives. They are amazing. I marvel. We've had four babies, and I marvel at the whole the process, not just of giving birth, but the, the, the people that are a part of that when you have a baby. Are there any midwives in the house? You were a midwife. You were a midwife. I did not know that. Well, you are awesome. You were a midwife. There you go. I didn't know that. We do have a few midwives. You are amazing people. And like nurses, doctors in general are incredible. Anybody that can stab another person with a sharp implement <laughs> and maintain their peace. Full credit to you. Praise Jesus for you. I'd be like... But midwives, because especially if you're there with uh, somebody who's having their first baby, like they are a bundle of nerves. Has anybody watched that show, One Born Every Minute? There's a British one and an American one. The British one is way better than the American one. But they basically they have these remote cameras set up in a hospital on a labour ward. So you get to have, watch two couples every show have a baby. It's not for everybody, just letting you know now. If you go and watch it, you're like, wow, I'm messed up. We really like it, but I like babies. But midwives have to actually maintain their peace. If they don't maintain their peace, they are going to have some messed up new parents on their hands. And do you know where a baby gets most of its peace from? The adults around it. If you find a peaceful baby, that baby's going to have peaceful parents. And so midwives, they have to maintain that. You don't want a midwife that loses it halfway through a labour. That is a recipe for disaster. All the mums in here know exactly what I'm talking about. But I think it's something that we can learn from midwives in despite whatever is happening around us to actually maintain our peace and know who we are and whose we are. And in different situations, what we are there to do. A midwife knows his or her job. She knows they know why they're there. They know what they have to do. They know what to do if something goes wrong. We as we as followers of Jesus Christ actually have to maintain our peace no matter what is happening around us because he is our peace and he is the one that we don't let go of. This is what we get to do in the world. We actually get to release peace. And sometimes I feel like at the moment, in a crazy mixed up world, I feel like maybe this is more important than ever before. And it can be really easy as, as, as a church to get on our high horse and get upset about some of the political agendas that are happening, some of the social movements that are happening around the world in our own country. Everything just seems a mess and it can feel like we should band together as the church and protest and do something against this and speak against the people that are doing wrong and take them outside the city gates and let's stone them and like we're actually on this side of the covenant 
We're in the new covenant under the blood of Jesus, who is our peace. What would it mean if as the sons and daughters of God, with Christ Jesus dwelling within us, that we actually released peace into these situations rather than kind of ramping it up because we want to get upset at the people that we don't agree with? Because nowhere is there a call on our lives from Jesus or anywhere through Scripture that we go out and avidly seek to drag down the people that we don't agree with. Actually, what we're called to do is for that fruit of the Spirit that has been growing within us is to go out into the world and release that into the world and to share that with the people that we might think deserve it the least. But before you and I were actually covered by the blood of Jesus, we didn't deserve it either. And so as, as sons and daughters of God, as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, as all of us united as one, we are called to release peace into the world and to provide a peace that they don't know. They don't have Jesus, so they're not going to have peace. And the world without knowing is actually looking at the church and saying, where are your answers? But for so long, because we've said, you're wrong because you're not following God, they're now looking at the church going, you don't have the answers, you don't have the hope. We're actually meant to profess the hope that we have through Jesus Christ and declare that in the world, for the world, over the world and love the world into a right relationship with God. Does that make sense? All right, turn your Bibles to Luke 8. I'm going to finish up in Luke 8 and uh, we're going to minister out of here as well. I think it's in the app as well, Luke 8 verse 19. I was uh, getting ready for this morning uh, and I ended up in, in this chapter looking at the account of Jesus um, in the boat with his disciples and, and calming the storms and then just began to read around it, really want to get a, a handle for the context of the story that I'm looking at, not just the story itself. And so I'm not going to read through all this. I'm going to go from eight, uh, chapter 8, verses 19 through to 56 um, and kind of give an overview for what's happening. So um, Jesus has been doing some teaching um, and then his mother and his brothers come to him and say, and someone says, oh, your mother and your brothers are here. And Jesus in verse 21 says, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Uh, and then it's later on some point, but verse 22, one day Jesus says to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. I love that. A squall come, came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. I find that amazing because the disciples haven't even asked him to do anything. They just wake him, well, they wake him up. Maybe he really likes his sleep. And, he, and, they, and they say, we're going to drown. There is actually no request in that. It's just a whole lot of fear. And Jesus calms the storm, turns to the disciples and says, where is your faith? In fear and amazement, they ask one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and the, they obey him. 
I don't know if, about you, but I'm a visual thinker. I'm a visual reader. So I read that. I imagine the boat, the disciples, Jesus. And then afterwards, they're having this conversation. In fear and amazement, they ask one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. So I imagine Jesus up one end of the boat, and the disciples up the other end, having this conversation saying, who is this? I feel like Jesus is like, I'm right here, guys. You could ask me. But um, that doesn't happen. That's just a little insight into my thinking. You're welcome. Okay, so, so, so far we have the family, Jesus and his family, his relationships, and then we have Jesus and his disciples on the storm. And then we have uh, Jesus goes to a region called the Gerasenes across the lake from Galilee. I'm in verse 26. I'm moving through quite quickly. Um, and there's a, a demon-possessed man from a local town, uh, for a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I want you to notice the contrast here as kind of a sub-point. Here's the disciples, the followers of Jesus, watch him perform a miracle to calm the storm and say, Who is this guy? Even the weather obeys him. And now here is a man tormented and possessed with demons, and he says, have mercy on me, son of God. Sometimes we can think that we as the body of Christ have a monopoly on who God is and what God is like. Yet there are are people and forces at work, if I can put it like that, that can actually increase our understanding of who Jesus is and what he's like. And if we're not aware of what God is doing or how God is speaking, we can actually miss what he's saying to us in the moment. Does that make sense? We actually need to be tuned into how God is at work in the moment to hear what he might be saying to us. Uh, Verse 29, Jesus commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man uh, many times, It had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. Now, apparently, legion, in the Roman army that ruled the area at that time, a legion was more than 6,000 soldiers. This man is possessed by a demon that reveals itself in more than 6,000 personalities. That is horrendous torment. Those demons knew who Jesus was and knew to submit to the authority that Jesus carried. Uh, Jesus, next page. I lost my verse, sorry. Uh, A large herd of pigs was feeding there, verse 32. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into them and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. Uh, So there's that story of Jesus healing the demon-possessed man. Bear with me, I'll make my point. From verse 40 onwards, there is a story of Jesus uh, healing a sick woman and a dead girl. He heals a sick woman uh, on the way to seeing the uh, dead girl. Uh, Verse 42, as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. 
she came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Uh, Verse 46, someone touched me, I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she'd been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Jesus goes on his way uh, to meet the daughter of Jairus, the local ruler. He arrives at the house. The daughter is now dead. Jesus says, no, she's not dead. She's asleep. Watch. Um, He kicks them all out. Jesus takes the girl by her hand and says, my child, get up. Her spirit returned and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what happened. Here's why I've really rushed through all of that and where I want to go now. The the story of Jesus on the boat is just one example of Jesus releasing peace into the environment. The first time he's, uh, he's meeting with people and his family shows up and he says, who are my mother and brothers? Um, those, uh, my brother and brother are those who do what I command. So the first time he releases peace in all of these is actually to know who he's there to serve. It's relationships and people that Jesus maintains and releases peace. And then they get into the boat. Jesus releases peace over the circumstances that they find themselves in. Next, there's the man possessed by demons. Jesus releases peace into the supernatural, takes authority over the demonic and commands it to be gone. Next, with uh, the woman bleeding for 12 years, Jesus releases peace through healing, releases peace over sickness and then over death. Jesus releases peace into life and death itself. There is no area of your life, of my life, that is immune from the peace of Jesus Christ. And actually, any area in your life that you look at and you go, this is hopeless, there is no hope for this, I can't find peace, I don't know what's going on, you are believing a lie. Because the truth, the promise that we have from Jesus Christ is that his peace will be supreme. Isaiah 9 calls him the Prince of, the Prince of Peace, who is the supreme ruler. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Of the increase, his government, his peace, his rule continues to increase for all time. So here's what I want to do. I want to go through those five different areas. I'll recap them as we go. And I want this to be our ministry time. Rather than having a time at the end where we say, if there's something in your life that you want healing or a miracle, come forward, we'll get people to pray. We're going to do it as a body today. Okay? So the first one is people. If there are people in your life with whom you do not have peace, if you think about that relationship with people, if, you, if there's a certain person that comes to mind right now and you do not feel peace about them, then here we want to release the peace of Jesus into your life. So I want to invite you to stand where you are. We're going to do this for all five different areas and it's okay if you stand more than once. If there's somebody that you feel like you hate... If there's somebody you cannot find agreement, love, forgiveness, reconciliation, you do not have the peace of Jesus Christ in that relationship. So I want to invite you to stand. We're going to get around you. We're going to pray and release peace into that situation. If you do not have peace with a person or people in your life, 
I invite you to stand now. All right, if you are near these people, just go and uh, stand. And if you love Jesus, if you have peace, if, really important, if you have peace, I want you to go and stand with these people and lay hands on them. Now, super quickly, just ask the person, is it a particular relationship that they want you to pray a name? Or is it a group of people? Is it just for people in general? Sometimes it's just hard to love people in general. So just ask them, is it, is it a name that you want us to pray? Is there a particular situation with a person or people that you want us to pray into? And then we'll pray into it together. Okay, now if you're with these people, just begin to release the peace of Jesus. The peace that you carry, you won't run out if you release the peace because it's Christ Jesus dwelling within you that is your peace. He will fill you with even more peace. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are the peace. You are the Prince of Peace, Jesus. We thank you for your presence here this morning. Just keep praying. Don't worry about me praying over you. Pray out loud. Be bold. Pray bold prayers. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Thank you, Jesus, for your protection, your peace this morning. For those that stand right now, even for those that couldn't stand in this moment, Lord, we release your peace into their relationships, into their lives. that they would know you as the Prince of Peace. In this moment, would they sense your peace increasing in their spirit, their soul and their body. We declare peace over their relationships with people around them. That you would be the answer to their problems, King Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing, what you're about to do. All right, the next storm that Jesus faced was uh, the storm in the boat with his disciples. And the disciples were fearful. They didn't know what to do. They didn't e weren't even aware of what Jesus could do in the moment. So if you're facing a situation you don't know what to do, you feel like there is no answer, you feel like there's no solution, you're not even sure how Jesus is going to answer it. You're not even sure what to ask Jesus. You feel like Jesus is asleep in the corner of the boat and you feel like you need him to wake up. Jesus doesn't, God doesn't sleep, all right? But you feel like he's not actually responding to what you need in this circumstance. If you feel like you're in a circumstance, but you're not sure how Jesus is going to come through in that circumstance, I want you to stand up. You're in a safe place. All right, if you want to gather around the people, there's more. There's people sitting down that you don't know Jesus as the solution to the problems you're facing. I'm not doing that to shame you or guilt you. Release the peace. King Jesus, we thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. Declare peace into the situation. Declare people peace over their lives over that situation that they're facing. We release supernatural wisdom in this moment that you would look at the situation that you're facing and see it with fresh eyes, fresh insight, that you would have a heavenly perspective on what you're facing in this moment. Thank you for your peace, Lord. All right, wrap that one up. Thank you. Doing well. We call this Christian aerobics. It's good on so many levels.
you're still praying, that's all right. All right. The next one was Jesus and Legion. Many demons. <laughs> Sorry, I just had this thought. If you're demon-possessed, stand up. <laughs> no? Nope. Just, just to be clear. <laughs> Sorry, that was terrible, wasn't it? Um, this... This, 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 I don't say everything. I want you to know I do filter my thoughts. All right? There's stuff that goes through here that you don't hear. Sometimes. If you're in the middle of a spiritual battle, and you might think, well, this is just like the last one. No, 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 it's different. If you know it's something within you that you can't actually resolve, if there's something within you that you can't resolve that you don't actually know how to break free from it, um, mm, yeah, okay. We've talked about spirit of addiction before. Sometimes it can reveal itself in addiction. It can reveal itself in oppressive behaviours. If there's lies that you're believing that you don't actually know how to break free from those lies, if there is a negative behaviour or thought pattern in your life that you can't break free of, that is spiritual oppression. All right? So if you're going through any of that, something of that, even if you think, oh, it could be, but I'm not sure, stand up. All right, so if, if anything facing anything like that, a spiritual battle of any sort, I want you to stand up now. And if you change your mind, if, if you think, oh, I should have stood up for something else, we're just releasing peace into every situation. So feel free to stand up anytime. All right, family, go and pray, go and stand with somebody. I want to let you know what the situation is. And if you stand for prayer, this goes for any time we do ministry like this. If you stand for prayer and you don't actually want to share what it is, you just want prayer, that is totally fine. There's something that comes from actually being open and honest and vulnerable about it. But if you can't for whatever reason and you just say, just pray for me, that is totally okay. It does help sometimes to know, to pray directly in a situation. Lord God, we bind up the work of the enemy who seeks to steal, kill and destroy in this moment. We bind up the thoughts that are not from you. We bind up addictive behaviour. We pull out from the root behaviour and thought patterns that are not from you. And anything that has been planted by the enemy, anything that's been planted by a negative or traumatic experience, we release peace in the mighty name of King Jesus. We rebuke the spirit of trauma in Jesus' name that has sowed a seed of hopelessness, of restlessness, of doubt, of worry, of fear, and release peace. Increase. Thank you, Jesus, for what you are doing. Prince of Peace, have your way in this place today. And if you're sitting there and you're not sure, you know, you're not praying with anybody and you're like, oh, I don't know what to do, I feel kind of weird, um, pray for your family, pray for your colleagues. Pray for the people that you don't really like. Pray that there'll be an increase in peace in your life and the life of those around you. Uh, this will be different. Uh, to the lady up the back, Shelley, you're praying with the lady, I'm sorry, um, wearing the denim jacket. Um, I feel like you've got a broken heart and actually the, the pain that comes from mending your heart, what is it when you use like, um, you kind of burn something together? 
when you fuse something together, I feel like it's actually the love of Jesus that's going to fuse your heart back together. And you might feel like that's more of the same pain, but it's actually the burning love of Jesus that's actually going to mend your heart. And he's actually releasing forgiveness into your life in this moment and a spirit of reconciliation. And I hear the words, it's not your fault. You can stop blaming yourself. I think this is for more people as well, not just this lady. All right, I'll keep, uh, I'll keep moving. What do I do? Supernatural. All right, here, sickness, disease. If you have uh, physical ailment, pain, something's broken, something's not working properly, I don't care if it's a pinky nail that won't grow back. I want you to stand up. This woman was bleeding for 12 years. She'd exhausted all possibilities. And she came to Jesus, touched him, and in a moment, immediately, the gospel says, immediately the bleeding stopped. 12 years. What a relief. All right, family, let's go again. People standing up need you to release the peace of Jesus. Again, if you're praying for somebody, I encourage you to be bold. Do not ask God to do what he has already given us power and authority to do. Release peace, release healing, begin to pray. Holy Spirit, come do your healing work in this moment in these people that are standing up. Release healing, the healing power of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the healing that you paid for through your death and resurrection on the cross, we release that now. For body parts that are missing, Lord, would you do a creative miracle and give them new parts? Where the doctors have said there's no hope, we release hope in the name of Jesus. For the parts of the body that aren't working the way that they were meant to be working, Lord, we release healing into these bodies. Gallstones be gone in Jesus' name. Livers be healed in Jesus' name. Blood be cleaned in Jesus' name. It's the blood of Jesus that washes us clean, that sets us free. All right, if you, have, if you had a physical ailment that you could test out, if it's something kind of external, if it's a limb or a movement, a neck, a back, can you test it out and see if there's been any change in it? If there's been any change in it, just wave at me. I just want to see. You, Rick? How'd you go, mate? Yeah. You prayed for them and your neck pain's gone. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> How are you two gone? No change? All right. Rick, can you pray for them again? All right. Jesus prayed for a blind man twice. He prayed once and he says, what do you see? And the blind man says, I see people walking around like trees, which would be trippy in itself. But Jesus didn't go, hmm, beats me. He actually went back and prayed for the man again. So if Jesus prayed twice, I've heard somebody say, if Jesus could pray twice and he's the son of God, we should go about 15 times. So I've prayed for people seven, eight times before we've seen any change. And sometimes the change comes in a moment, sometimes it comes in a process. But we continue to pray and press in. We thank you for the healing that's already begun, Lord.
All right, you can keep praying with those people. I want to move on to the last one. Um, life and death, death itself. Uh, I think there's a few different ways. It could be if you're just struggling with life in general and you're just generally hopeless about the life that you're living, you don't know how it's going to turn out, you don't know what your purpose is, you don't have any sense of peace in your life. Or if you um, uh, are facing death, some of us are closer to death than others, and like, that's just the reality of the situation, some of us feel like we're close to death and we shouldn't be. It's the enemy who comes to steal, kill and destroy. Jesus came that we might have life and life in abundance. So if you need an increased sense of what it is to be alive, if you need an increased sense of peace in your life in general, or if you're scared of death, or if somebody who have loved, that you love has just died or is nearing death, and you don't have peace in that situation, I invite you to stand up now. All right, can I ask you all to stand? We'll close here. Thank you for your patience. Thanks for uh, being a part of the journey. Can we just all close our eyes and just put the name of Jesus on your lips, whether you do that out loud or in a whisper, but at least please can you do it that you can hear yourself whispering the name of Jesus. Praise and worship shifts mountains and at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess him. Not just human knees but the knees of the spiritual world as well. There is no power, there is no force, there is nothing greater than Jesus Christ. Just begin to thank him for who he is. Thank him for something that he's done in your life recently. And be a little bit more vocal. I've watched football with some of you. I know that you can be vocal. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. We thank you that you are the perfect one. Thank you that you are the risen king. Thank you that you are the name above all names. Thank you that in you we have our hope. We have peace. We have joy. We find our comfort. You are the strong tower. You are our refuge. You are our strength. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are, what you have done, what you are doing and what you're about to do. Thank you for this church family. Thank you that we get to worship you and praise you in freedom, Lord. Help us, Jesus, not to take this for granted. We break off fear in the name of Jesus. We break off the fear of man. We release peace into every spirit, soul and body that we would not be afraid, we would not be fearful, but we would be strong and courageous for the Lord our God is with us. Jesus, we love you. And we thank you that you love us more than we could ever possibly know or imagine. And as we go from this place today, Lord, we pray for an increasing sense of your peace. And we pray that when we come up into opportunities where we're not sure how it's going to turn out, but we will look at it through your eyes and get a sense for what you're doing in us and through us. Remind us, Lord, that we are your sons, we are your daughters, and we are covered by the blood of Jesus, and who the Son sets free is free indeed. We thank you that you are good all the time, 
and your love endures forever. Amen.